0: 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations at the overlap of Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. And we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any. Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in from whichever lands you are on. And we acknowledge that all the lands were stolen and never ceded. And reconciliation is very much an ongoing process in which we all play a part, driven by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronouns she and her. And, um, pleasure to be with you. Hello to listeners of all genders, including, but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And, um, pan, knowing no boundaries of, it's going to be a bit pan genre today. Ooh, funky 57-year-old opening up with Flip That Groove and Don't Funk My Pride. That's F-U-N-K for all the moral crusaders out there. Um, and you can check that out on Spotify and get verifiable evidence. Oh, sorry, um. Moral crusaders don't want verifiable evidence, do they? Um, which will be a lead into the first topic that we're going to talk about, a news story of the week. It's um, catching up on some news today. Um, and as well as that, we'll, um, it's Ida Hobbit in about a month's time, so we'll have a look at a bit of that. Have a look at what we need to try and get some ideas going on why the federal ALP seems so reticent to move on um, LGBTIQA plus issues. And maybe if we get time a re, um a bit of a reflection now that it's a month on on world pride. Um but um the um opening story I want to talk about in a second after we tell you how to get in touch with the program if you need to out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five Tweet at Sal Gold said so and that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook and comment under those on Sally Goldner AM and out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, any opinions I express on this program are strictly my own, not those of any organisation with which I have been affiliated or still am. And I can't talk about the future because I don't have a DeLorean. Um, The space-time continuum, Marty. And if you want to write to the show, you can do that as well. PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Don't think there'll be any um, huge triggers on the show today, but i will we'll just pop in the number for QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven, 184 527 Rainbow Door, one eight hundred seven two nine three six seven. 729 367 So, yes, um, what did I want to start with? All this ridiculous shenanigans that broke on around Friday where it was pointed out that... Um, some schools are uh, wanting to say that they wouldn't put LGBTIQA plus people, maybe not I, we don't, not sure there, um, but they want the right to discriminate in positions of student leadership such as school captains on things like sexual orientation, gender identity, relationship status and all the rest. So even if you're A um, married heterosexual, an unmarried heterosexual person, you wouldn't get a position, or that you're um, perhaps having sex. I mean, what are they going to do? How are they going to prove that if it's things like that? Absolutely unbelievable. And you just got to wonder how people, you know, sort of. I don't like the expression "tone deaf." It's a bit ableist in my book. It's the one that gets used. If anyone's got a better one, please let me know. But it is the one that gets used. Now, the religious discrimination bill last year got knocked back. Um, now there's this submission, which um, my last report is the Australian Law Reform Commission will be releasing its report into the, um, you know, the um, review of the Sex Discrimination Act. I believe it's due out Friday, but I don't hold me to that. That's what my um, sources, tomato, Worcestershire and ketchup, have to say. And um, um yeah. So there's this whole thing that that's what they're after. And you just think, really? 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 Um, How on earth do they they expect to get away with that? I mean, I know what they're going to say. They're talking about religious freedom. Religious freedom is not about the right to do what you want. It's the right to um, worship safely in your own church. Now, some will argue... Now hang on a second um don't don't people therefore have the right in religious schools to do that well mate you know my response to that is first of all there's a lot of taxpayer funding that goes into those schools why on earth should our taxpayer funding end up being used to um you know sort of discriminate whereas other schools can't and so my response to that, if they want that sort of approach, any individual school that wants that, you can't have your communion wafer and eat it too. You have got to say, well, you don't take government funding and therefore go ahead and discriminate. Then you are truly a private school. And I know that um, one of the long-running 3CR programs, Defence of Government Schools, would probably say it's a great argument as to why we need more government schools or perhaps why private schools shouldn't be funded at all. And, you know, that may be at least a reasonable argument. The question is who would pick up the slack, but if the fund, and then some would say that if the funding goes to government schools, then that's where the slack would be picked up. So, um, interesting basis, I'll declare any possible conflict of interest that I went to a private school, and it's been one of the happier things in my life that um, I've reconciled with that private, in inverted commas, single-sex school over the last 12 months or so in a way that I never thought was possible, but that still doesn't, Um, you know sort of take away from the arguments in my opinion I will say that this school does seem to be doing the right things compared to when this person was a munchkin a little person 40 years or so (laughs) plus ago Um, and you know they've got a positive masculinities program at this um, in inverted commas all boys school I proved them wrong and all that Um, and they don't want to discriminate. They're doing well on LGBTIQA+. They're doing all the right things and putting them into practice. And they're, you know, really living, um, it is a Christian school. Um, They're living, as far as I can see, they're trying to do the right thing on every level, and well done to them. So, you know, it's sad that it's just a few schools, um, you know, want, want to do this. But the other thing that gets me on this approach of not appointing LGBTIQA plus and others to the school captain type of roles is I would like to think I've learned a little bit about leadership over the years in the various things I've done in the community and in my mild-mannered day job as a consultant, able to leap tall piles of bullshit as a neurodivergent person or something like that. And um, you want people with the right qualities You know, just because of your sexual orientation or your gender identity doesn't make you a better leadership. So the thing that gets me here is that these schools would not get the best leadership. Um, Just because someone claims to be in line with a religious ethos doesn't necessarily mean they've got leadership qualities. I could digress here in the amount of times I've heard people um, think that leadership is being high in a hierarchy. That doesn't mean you're a leader either um thinking of a very recent past president of the United States of America so we want leadership you know we need to instill the right leadership qualities in people and to say that you can, you know you've got to be cisgender heterosexual similar to be a quality leader is just malarkey and the other thing is that um when religious uh, government funded religious organizations or any religious organizations discriminate who picks up the pieces it's usually taxpayer-funded secular services. So this is where there's, again, wanting the cake or wafer or eating it too, and I just don't, um, as, as, as the now late Andrew Peacock said many years ago, oh, "It's not right, is it? So there's my take on it. Well, I'd love to get your thoughts on all the mediums of communication, or the above averages, if you like, that, like it that way, out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and as always, that's the bottom line. My page on Facebook Sally Goldner or out of the pan three CR eight five five AM Melbourne, and also. Um, sort of um well not going to get it if you write in today australia post do their best but perhaps they're not quite up to getting a letter to me that quickly so you have to use the electronic ones if you want an immediate response but if you're listening on podcast or repeat which you can be doing you might be listening to this at 5 a.m between 5 a.m and 6 a.m on a wednesday morning australian eastern standard time and um well um Good luck to you for being awake because um, I won't be. How, how, do I, how do I do it? I'm doing radio without moving my lips or something like that at that time. Anyway, um, let's have a listen again. More genre-diverse, some new music. Um I said, the 57-and-a-half-year-old trying to be all hip and with it. But this is very genre-diverse. Here's Fleur Lieber and Neon Sign. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Out of the Pan with Sally.
1: Australia and the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing. And this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that yes there is certain hazards but only to primitive peoples, those that don't wear clothes and don't wash, unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing. Three CR keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present. At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR, steady, constant, sane
0: and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. Mm
1: -hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to get on with me neighbours... They make it very clear They've got no room for rain <laughs> They
2: stop me from grooving, They bang on the wall They're doing me fast it's no good at all Lazy Wednesday afternoon Oi Kate, no it's two o'clock so
1: Wednesday worry. again I know Susie, how I rapt are we? You're listening to Lazy, Lazy Wednesday, Wednesday Afternoon on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. And if it happens in our town, we'll play the soundtrack. Stuff the Neighbours. Blindly, your bird slumbago. i scrubs. arree a song tee with no words and no tuna. I think in your party one.
0: 3CR, 8.55am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Prior to the message, we heard from Fleur Lieber and Neon Sign and a great um, sort of um, country-ish type of song and um, a good video for that. You can find that on um, YouTube. And it was shot in Bayside and inner west of Sydney on Gadigal land. And um, yeah, like that song. And the moral of the song, according to the info I have, is not to lose grip of the things you already have in the pursuit of what you don't. Um, So the music video charts a journey away from those things and the journey back home. It aims to capture the joy in both reaching for the new but at the same time appreciating the old. Balance, non-binary, we kind of like that, don't we? Um, that's the sort of show this show is about, out of the pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre, and the music in the Lazy Wednesday promo, um, is sort of the era of the next song, so there's a teaser for you. Had a message in, um, over on the SMS line, 61456751215, and, um, From Kayleen, taxes should not go to schools that teach people to ignore or break um, any laws, including anti-discrimination. Kayleen, yep, I'm with you on that. Um, You know, it's funny how the whole anti-law and order thing goes down the the tubes um, when suddenly right-wingers get annoyed. Um, It's not well known, actually, that one of the principles of anti-vilification law, which makes sense, is that... um, the group on the receiving end decides what's vilification. I mean, heaven forbid, and I can use this analogy, um, as someone of Jewish background, and I hope everyone of Jewish background had a wonderful Passover, I think I got that right. I've got to go back to Hebrew school. Anyway, um, imagine if, God forbid, neo-Nazis defined anti-Semitism. I don't want to think about it. Um, You know, sort of that's um the, the principle that's there. Now, that's a law. It may be a case law, but it's still a law. Unfortunately, these things get twisted around about freedoms and all the rest of it. And the well-known case involving a certain person in media around 10 years ago um, was not about vilification, actually. Also, just to get some truth on the board, it was about making false statements about people and their Aboriginal background. So really important that we you know, check our facts a bit more, I think would be really helpful. So yeah, um, you know, not let's not have schools discriminate. Let's keep our digits crossed for a good outcome of this Australian Law Reform Commission report. But it does lead to another topic, and that is, why is the Australian Labor Party, you know, seems to have taken this small target approach on a lot of things? I mean, it's pushing for the voice, which you know, I'll say I'm not someone of Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander background, but I certainly think there needs to be some progress for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and some, some would help. Um, and I don't think it's any something that's got to be better. I don't think it's my place to say any more than that for now, other than that as someone who wants to be an ally, I'm just quietly listening and seeing what the heck is going on and you no know, sort of deciding which way to go. And I'll give credit where it's due. Well done to Julian Leeser, the um, Federal Attorney General, Shadow Attorney General, I beg your pardon for taking a stance on principle and saying that he could not stay in Shadow Cabinet and support the Liberal Party cactus. Sorry, Cork um, Party Room. Um, What is it? Um, What's the difference between a caucus and a cactus? No difference. They're both full of pricks. It's just to say that we're not politically biased on this program, but um, anyway... Um, well done for his stance on principle. But coming back to queer issues, why has the federal LP gone so quiet on this? Why, given that the, you know, going back as much as I don't really like to dwell on it, the postal survey was pretty resounding in the end. I mean, some people were, fit, um, you know, there were some thoughts of a, could have ended up as no, but 61.6%, as was announced at eight minutes past 10 on that November 2017 morning, was um, pretty damn good, and I think people have moved on. We've seen in the last few weeks that people are, you know, sort of, um, you know, um, saying they want people, trans people, to get a fair go. So why isn't federal labor being more supportive and proactive? And I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm going to say that, you know, yes, there's the small target thing, but is another thing we have to ask why. Is our own community's advocacy not being effective enough? What's going wrong there? Is it that perhaps um, our community advocacy is too dominated by um, sort of um, you know sort of the more gay stream gays and lesbians, and they're not empathic enough to groups like bi, trans, intersex, ace? There was a great interview on my colleague James' show in your face, which airs four till five Friday with. Alastair Laurie, uh, in my opinion, Australia's premier queer blogger, declaring any possible interest. Um, I'm on the um, Committee of Management of Just Equal Australia. Alistair is an advisor to Just Equal Australia and volunteers with us, but I have a lot of respect for him. And, you know, he, this was sort of discussed on In Your Face, but why haven't we had more progress? And we've had one possible comment in, um, from John I want to say a possible comment, a possible idea, an idea about this. John has uh, messaged in, Labour is scared of the ethnic vote we saw with marriage equality in the recent fuss in New South Wales that ethnic communities are very anti-LGBT communities. It's a fact. John, I think there is, you know, sort of some degree of reason, reason to that, John, in all fairness. It's a reasonable opinion. Um, but I wouldn't say that they're very... I think that's not necessarily true either. I thought, you know, there may be, I'll say, a little, you know, less understanding than perhaps in inverted commas white Anglo Saxon type communities, but I wouldn't say it's as big. And I draw on, and I will say there's less understanding uh, as my role as a diversity educator many years ago. I did present, co present a session at a particular um, so a service for a particular ethnic community and it was like great we're doing intersectionality and we got to an exercise which is called the mock heterosexual questionnaire where we twist all those um, questions that are dumped on um, we'll just do sexuality here gay lesbian by when did you choose to be gay lesbian or bisexual what made you gay lesbian or bisexual and twist them around what made you heterosexual when did you choose to do you believe your heterosexuality is an illness And we're getting blank looks, and someone finally tentatively puts up a hand and goes, what's heterosexuality? Some languages and cultures don't even have a word for heterosexual, let alone homosexual, gay, lesbian, bisexual. So it was a real surprise, I'd be honest enough to say that, and we had to scale the training really back to sort of 101 and keep it simple, Um, one of those on-the-job moments. Um, So yeah, some people, some cultural and ethnic communities perhaps may not be aware of it, just not so sure that they're necessarily anti um, and I want. And I would just add um, that if you do need resources in this area, the Australian GLBTIQ Multicultural Council, AGMC, has lots of great groups and resources at their website, which I will fur- furiously search for live. This is live radio, people of all genders, agmc.org.au. Um, there's all sorts of um, groups there of all cultures and backgrounds. So... Uh, worth um, having a look there. So the question is, yeah, what do we need to do? Now, the Victorian Pride Lobby, um, headed by Austin Fabry-Jenkins, who did a great job organising the TDOF rally as well a couple of weeks ago. Um, Austin um, has started, through the Victorian Pride Lobby, a um, campaign, if you like, um, to meet with federal Labour politicians in Victoria. Now, I think that's needed, because, and that started because... According to Austin, when he met with his federal Labor um, representative um, prior to the last federal election, he just knew nothing, and particularly amongst about trans men. And I found this as well. You know, I feel for my trans-mask brothers, so to speak, that sometimes their issues are very invisibilised in ways that are not good for them. So there does need to be that level of education, and I think the same maybe could apply to ethnic communities, but it's still... To some extent, I don't know, doesn't explain why Labor are going so cautiously and quietly on this and not giving the full level of support at a federal level. Totally acknowledge that um, what was done in Victoria with strong statements raising the rainbow flag, but as also was discussed on Friday, um, State Labor does need to start moving on anti-vilification laws, but I also think there needs to be laws are one thing, education is another um, you know, um, and getting the the truth out there and giving support to trans individuals and organisations to lead campaigns on trans, buy for buy, and so on. And that really, of course, needs to happen in every jurisdiction around this big island and all the surrounding small ones. Let's do it. Let's also do something else. Let's have some music. And no, we're not I'm going to be all hip with new tracks from 2023, as the first two were, Flip That Groove, Don't Funk My Pride and Fleur Lieber, Neon Sign. We're going to go back here. Um, this is one where we're going to have a bit of a 70s style jam um, to a 30s blues song. Here's Bob Seeger's version from the live bullet album of Bo Diddley's track, Bo Diddley. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3CR.org.au. 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 8.55am, 3 CR Digital. 3cr.org.au. 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. And as always, permission to play air instruments um, in a socially acceptable and safe way. Um, particularly with that song, um, you could just about play the whole band yourself. Um, Bo Diddley from Bob Seger's album of 1975, Live Bullet. Featuring drummer Charlie Martin on drums, and um, for the trivia, music trivia types, Charlie Martin sadly had a bad end to his musical career. He um, um, was injured in a, a, a an accident, an accident walking down a service road. I think trying to get petrol for his car, and unfortunately got hit, and I was unable to play drums after that, which was um, in, you know incredibly sad stuff because he was just awesome. There's another track on. Um, that album called Heavy Music, which um, Charlie does the answer vocals to um, when Bob says, there ain't nothing you can do, and he says, ain't nothing you can do. That's what we call rock and roll. Um, Musically diverse, um, pan-genre, that is out of the pan, but we also do cover pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. So, yeah, what do we do about um, the federal LP? I don't have have all the answers. Just keep pressuring. I suppose is one thing. We've got to keep writing letters. I'm deeply concerned about the lack of consultation. Uh, only about two weeks ago, I received a response to a letter I wrote where I was concerned about some issues with trans um, healthcare and Medicare. Now, you know, positive first. Um, it's coming up for where are we? Nine months or so ago. Now that um, did have Assistant Minister for Health, Jed Kenny. It's a reasonably good egg on the show saying that things were moving. But um, when I wrote on a sort of related story, I was told that the um, relevant um, bureaucracy was only um, discussing this issue with health professionals and not trans people. And we, you need our buy-in here. And this is really concerning to me. Why are we not getting representation? And, you know, I'm not sure if even gays and lesbians are, but I think we do have a concern that maybe there's too much focus on sydney and the hard reality is sydney is not up to best practice on a lot of things um you know look at the the new south wales state laws on anti-discrimination don't even include bisexuality very poor trans laws coverage of trans none on birth none for non-binary people none for intersex poor birth certificate laws um, it's not good enough that if Labor, particularly given that Albo's from New South Wales and sort of only reaches out to the Sydney gay stream, as it's called, mainstream gays, Houston, there's a problem. Which leads into another topic that I wanted to discuss, and that's world pride. Okay, so the dust has settled around a month afterwards. <clears throat> what have we? What have we got from world pride? You know, maybe Mardi Gras made a surplus on the event, you know, financially, great for them. But what has the community got out of it? Will this money be invested back into the community um, in any way or will it not? Um, you know, so these are the questions that um, we need to be asking. And I'm not sure that we are um, asking them, um, you know, sort of um, asking them well enough at all. And, you know, it's all very glitzy and glammy, but what happened? I mean, you know, everyone's packed up and come home and um, heard all sorts of stories about it, but what really happened? And there was criticism of the Human Rights Conference. What outcomes did it deliver? It was great that people marched across the Harbour Bridge, but, again, all very rah-rah, what happens when the energy dissipates? What came out of it? As one Rodney Croom suggested in one article recently, again declaring any interest there, um... Um um yeah. Um you know, sort of um um you know, imagine if people had walked up to Albows here who was crossing the harbour bridge or other Labor ministers and said, Look, here's what LGBTIQI plus people want. It could have given far more coverage to the issues and got the ball rolling. Now I had a message in on a different topic and yeah, we do need to talk about this one. Um so I will do content note for transphobia, gender stereotypical Type of stuff, but not um, in huge detail um, to some extent, because Jenny, one of our recurring and awesome listeners, has messaged in and I quote: "Have you heard about the latest updates around on, on about the attacks on drag shows around Melbourne? <clears throat> There's been a lot of coverage in the newspapers this week." And quote: "Yes, indeed, <clears throat> Jen. Sorry, there has." Um, Not a good time for a croak. Um, Yeah, look, very, very disconcerting that these things are happening, first of all, um, would be the first thing that I would say. And it is really, really worrying that um, these attacks are happening. Um, Now, um, Casey, I believe, (coughs) sorry, cancelled one of their shows. Um, Hume cancelled and then rescheduled. And I do have to say that... um, in terms of the one that was at the Pride Centre last year, I, I'll just say I heard a little more information during the week from a couple of sources, which um, is quite concerning, is all I'm going to say. And it's very, very difficult. You know, it is, it is a you know, as I said, last December when the Pride Centre one came up, it's a difficult balance. But, you know, I come back to the idea that if it was, um, you know, sort of, People, heaven forbid, threatening churches or synagogues, there'd be absolute uproar. Why is it that, um, you know, people who wanted to just hold a drag show can't get the protection they need? It just seems quite, um, you know, illogical. And, you know, that's their freedom to do that. Yet one freedom seems to be more valued over another. And I do feel, as someone who is a part-time performer, I feel for drag performers who may not be getting the income and, I'll say, career that they want, um, you know, I think that's important to note. It's hard enough being any in a society that wants to, I think, so often tends to shove us into what I call white-collar middle-class lives to do anything sort of different, particularly on an artistic-slash-creative front, Um you know, is very, very difficult, and to have it made more difficult by this sort of thing is appalling. I can understand that, yeah, we've got to consider people's safety, but you know, how can we prevent these attacks happening um, in the first place? And I think that there has to be stronger condemnation of the sort of neo-Nazi stuff that's behind this. It's just simply not on. Where's dare I say, individual freedom in this case, where people can't just do a sort of performance? And linking this to the, you know, the stuff in America, um, which I think also needs to be mentioned, the Tennessee laws that now, um, you know, ban performance um, by someone, and I don't have the exact words in front of me, but it's you know sort of um, pretending to be another gender. Now, of course, I know my sense of gender identity, but so I went there and did, um, I don't know, I, I sang and played guitar. I'm performing. They would they would see that as another gender. Would I get arrested? Um, where does this end? What happens to what happens to pantomime performers? Um, Shakespearean performers used to be gender um, diverse in their ways um, before people you know, were, um, all sorts of people were allowed to play it. I mean, what is going? You know, it just seems very very ludicrous. But this emo this you know whipped up emotion about drag and trans seems to be. Um, You know, sort of, you know, there's a lot of momentum out there and it's disconcerting and it's frightening Um, and, um, you know, not an easy thing to consider. And the number of states who now have some laws in effect that limit whether it's trans trans children medical care, um, trans adults or drag performances in America, it just seems to be, well, unfortunately quadrupling. And I think we can only just keep, Pushing and pushing and pushing to go for what we want and keep turning the debates into something positive. It was great to see um, the wonderful Julie Peters at a um, panel festival over Easter on older women in arts and Julie said that when negative stuff comes up, she tries to counter with a positive story and I think that 's what we need to do, but on from a political approach, we need to get our issues um, pun intended on the agenda. And keep pushing for what we want. And as someone who has been um, doing, you know, media for a while, it's, you know, certainly something we need to take and not get stuck on, you know, other people's playing field, so to speak, get it back onto our home ground. Um, We know what those issues are for trans people, for bi, for many others. And I don't, I sometimes think, again, linking to the previous topic, we're not doing well enough. But um, Jenny, in answer to your email, I think that it is not easy. I mean, if there are outright physical threats rather than just verbal, then that has to be considered and how credible they are. And it's really, but it, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, separate here between what I'll call re- ideal and reality. Of course, in an ideal world, this would not happen and it, in inverted commas, should not happen. But it is. And I think that's also not helpful. But again, some strong leadership from prominent community figures that says no to this. I mean, I just, what could be so terrible about drag performances in front of children? I mean, it is the sort of stuff of, you know, um, what's happening in Russia. And as someone who went to Russia seven and a half years ago and experienced this sort of stuff, where at the Russian equivalent of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, they have to allow a very right-wing politician um. Um. You know, sort of. Um, um. You know, ten minutes because he claims freedom. I mean, he does his ten minutes, and there's ten minutes. Clicks over, and someone gives him a nudge and says, "Okay, jolly well sod off." I don't know how you say that in Russian. Any bilingual um, listeners, please let me know. But you know, do, do we demand that we go? You know, we go to a church or something and start getting ten minutes of their sermon. It's just very disconcerting. Um, Jenny's also emailed in very true and at Bunjil Place it was under the guise of an art event so it should be protected yeah freedom of um, artistic expression do we start banning controversial art shows that are offensive to children very disturbing precedent being set yeah I agree with that Jenny and I think we've you know it's um, funny how individual freedom works for right wingers but often not for those who are considered more left Um, yeah and I think we've just got to keep pushing. Let's, in the meantime, um, as we reach the end of the show, um, have a track um, from uh, local artist Queenie, um, who has been announced as what's called, I think, the internal performer for the APRA Awards, which is pretty damn cool. Um, Here's her second single that was released this year, Naked Again, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
2: I caught a piece of sun that day. I put it on my back as he was going down. And I drove my car till I could drive no more. Won't come around. Yeah. Iran to the Americas, the Pacific to Palestine, and here in so-called Australia, people are standing up for freedom and liberation. This May Day at Melbourne State Library join the voice of Revolution Iran Melbourne, the Black People's Union, renegade activists, unionists, and people from all over the world as we stand together in understanding that we are all in this together. A lineup of speakers and music from around the world demanding justice and celebrating our common struggles and our common humanity will be announced on the event page soon. You can find the event by searching Mayday for Freedom and Liberation on Facebook. Mayday for Freedom and Liberation, five thirty p.m. Monday, first of May, at State Library Victoria. A three CR community radio supporter.
0: Three CR eight five five AM. Three CR digital. Three crorgau 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. And yes, May Day coming up in three weeks from now. And yes, it's a big parade and all that sort of thing, to quote um, the dude from Flying High. Kayleen's um, messaged in, so very quickly, redrag shows first comments by anyone cancelling the event that needs to acknowledge demo- democracy is vital, then state of, then advise state of police investigation. Um, and last, about any last any news about events being cancelled need to educate all levels of government and government orgs such as police on importance of being a protective ally and anti-vilification laws there is a review this year yeah look agreed i think that it's not just good enough to cancel um and it's it's you know um you don't want to give these people any more publicity or um you know impetus than or momentum than they deserve but You know, if you just cancel the drop of a hat, that's not good either. It is granted, in fairness, a very fine line here. I'm just about out of time. Trevor and Caroline are waiting to come in for Freedom of Species, and they'll be talking with Christy Alger on um, total liberation and the need to find common ground therein. Um, As part of Freedom of Species Animal Advocacy, hitting the airwaves at 1pm Eastern every Sunday afternoon. Rotations at 2, Queering the Air at 3, and the Salaam Radio Show at 4. So keep your devices locked on 3CR, however you're listening. Take it out today with um, some divinals from the Monkey Grip EP from many years ago, and have a bit of time for a very um, soulful, the big ballad, as they always call it, um, a track called Elsie. Um, and rest in peace, Christina Amflit. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Look forward to your company next week where I should have at least one or two fantastic gooests. They're back after all the holidays. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
1: She uses life as her vocation, (laughs) standing on ledges, clinging to the edges, the worlds (laughs) of our place to land on. She has this one-way conversation, trying to